This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior god. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan. There's definitely a place for politics in the Christian life. Definitely. And I also want to say that there is a chance that anything can become an idol for us, even politics. So, Connor, I just want to ask you, where would that line be between what is right in politics, what is good and godly, and what is the complete opposite? That's a great question, and and it's a tough challenge for us as we continue this conversation that we started last week of what does it look like for a Christian to faithfully understand politics and faithfully engage in politics? You're right. This seems to be an area that we are so prone to idolatry, right? It seems to me. I mean, maybe it's just because of the election, or because I spend too much time on Instagram. I don't know. Um, <laughs> both, probably <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> both. Um, to me, it just seems like right now that's the most prevalent one. Yeah, I, I th- it's definitely the most public one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it is the most public. I think it's very prevalent, especially in this season. To your point, um, maybe let me just define idolatry yeah. quickly for us. I think I think the most simple definition of idolatry biblically is when we wrap our hands around a good thing, right? When we, when we close our hand and makes a good thing that God gives us an ultimate thing, a thing that, that we will never let go of, a thing that we will cling so closely to that it becomes the object of our thoughts, of our affections, of our time in a way that is not ordained by God, right? So in other words, we want the politics to be held with a hand open. Yes. If you hear Christians saying this language of, of keep things with an open hand, I think, I think that's a beautiful message and it's an anti-idolatry message. There have been times in my life where relationships have been idols, where I have said to the Lord, not even consciously, but just through my actions, Lord, I want you to move and power in my life. I want you to do all these things, but don't touch this relationship. I'll, I'm going to handle this relationship how I want to. I'm not going to follow your design for sexuality. I'm not going to follow your design for human flourishing. I'm going to do whatever I want in this relationship, but I still want you to bless me, right? I still want you to do all these things and move in power and speak through me. And that's the danger. It's so subtle because a lot of the times idolatry comes from a good thing, a good thing given to us by God. But when we make that ultimate, when all of our time and affection and allegiance goes towards something other than the triune God, that's a problem. Yeah. And when we, when we hold our fists closed like that for something that could be possibly good that God has given us, then he can't do the works in us because we're not letting go of what he has given us. Yeah. And, and so to your point, politics is a good thing. As we discussed last week, if you missed that episode, go ahead and, and run that Check one it back. Out. <laughs> Check it out. Run that one back. Uh, we think that politics is a good thing. We think that was actually probably part of God's design from the beginning, that human beings would be invited to participate in the ordering of society, in the flourishing of humanity, and in the defending against evil in the world. I think those are great things that God has invited humans to participate in. Yet, because that's a good thing, human beings can certainly make that ultimate. We can certainly wrap our hands around our political candidate or our political preferences, and we can make those ultimate things for us. And we can find this idea of identity politics. What is identity politics? That is probably the biggest danger for Christians in this arena. And I mean, identity is a tough thing in and of itself, right? I think many Christians struggle with identity even apart from politics. Shout out to our first episode again. I I believe we talked about identity a lot in the first episode we did and the triune God too. We did. And that's where we're going in this episode is going back to the triune God. And we have spent a lot of time talking through that. So hopefully a lot of this is familiar. We're all about the triune God here. We are. If you you haven't caught on, we love the Trinity. And I think it's important. It's crucial for us to understand 
But this idea of identity politics is most simply when human beings find their identity in politics. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, that makes right? sense. I mean, Democrat, <laughs> Republican, whatever. That's your identity. Yeah. And, and really, my concern in this arena is that politics has become the new religion in America. And so let me explain that. I think that people are now today finding their community, their sense of belonging, their sense of identity, and placing their allegiance in their political party, right? I think the danger for us as human beings is to see a group of people talking about conservative talking points or talking about liberal talking points. And when we really identify with that, when we say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, or yeah, I agree with that. Or maybe we hold those ideas and then we find other people that are affirming them and we feel affirmed by that group. And as we participate in that, we can feel this sense of community, this sense of belonging. Again, our allegiance, our affections can shift towards being so heavily rooted in this group that our identity now, we are first and foremost a Republican or we are first and foremost a Democrat. Connor, I just I just remembered something that you had said in one podcast, which was that a Christian will always have more in common with someone from another country, someone from an Iran, than someone from the same political category who is not a Christian. Yes, yes, that's that's exactly true. I think we as Christians have to reject this idea of identity politics, right? I think that's so good that we will we will always have more in common with our brothers and sisters, our our Christian brothers and sisters in in Iran or in North Korea. North Korea, yeah. Or South Korea or China, China. or anywhere in the Middle East. Any brother and sister in Christ, we are always going to have more in common with them than we'll have with our Republican neighbor who doesn't know the Lord or our Democratic neighbor who doesn't know the Lord right? That our allegiance, our family, our kingdom, our identity has to be in Christ. And that's the invitation from scripture that that we'll talk about here in a second. But I hope that makes sense on on identity politics, right? It's it's that simple idea and this idea that politics is the new religion in America. I think that's 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 a very dangerous thing. But I think that that's evident. I think that's what we see happening uh, both on social media and in quote unquote real life, right? Yeah. Um, that people are finding their, their hope, their identity, their belonging, their sense of community, their purpose, and therefore their allegiance in a political party. And an evidence of this is when you see people who, you know, will bring up a point contrary to someone's political beliefs and they'll lash out angrily. Yeah, right. all the time on Facebook. All the time. If you just want to see some debates, man, 2020 Facebook, <laughs> you can just grab a bowl of popcorn, log on to Facebook, and you'll be good for hours. You can. I've fallen into that trap many times. <laughs> it's too easy. It's too easy. Not even just to participate in, but just to consume. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's tough. But because the, the, the reason why people react so aggressively towards someone questioning their political beliefs is because that's their identity. That's their religion. That is, that's that's their worldview. They are viewing the world through the lens of their political party. And when someone challenges your identity, for example, if someone comes from the other side and challenges your identity with a different thought or idea, then that's a threat. That means that your identity is being threatened and it has to be considered an act of war. Yes, seriously, seriously, that is exactly what's happening. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to take this seriously. We need to think through this seriously and we need to reject uh, any notion of identity politics in our own, and in our own lives. And while it is important, and we do affirm that it is important to be involved in politics because it was ordained by God, and it is important to do your research and vote according to scripture, that's not where we must place our identity. Our identity must be placed in Christ. And I want to ask, what does that look like? 
I mean, we've talked about that before, but maybe just a kind of recap about the triune God and how we find our identity in Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is our heartbeat here at, at, uh, at Warrior Podcast is talking about the triune God and, and how understanding, knowing, and loving the triune God influences and impacts every part of our lives. So this idea of, of our identity in the Trinity is huge. I, I think it's crucial. And so what we see and what we've covered in, in our Trinity series is the fact that our God is triune. And that's significant. And what does that mean? That our God ex- has eternally existed in three distinct persons. That our God is one divine essence, one divine being, one God who has eternally existed in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, distinct persons, one God. It's mystery. I know if your brain is hurting right now, go check out our Trinity series, right? We spent some time. We sure did. <laughs> taking that <laughs> a apart. A lot of time. <laughs> uh, suffering our way through that series, stumbling our way through that series. But that that's so crucial because our God is love. And no God can be a God of love. Because they weren't triune. Apart from community, right? Like like if if a singular one person, one divine essence God claims to be loving how can that be possible if there's nothing to love if there's no way to express that love how this is kind of a a philosophy question but how can that love exist how can that love exist if it cannot express itself he would be needy it would be needy that god would need something to love in order to express supposedly what's part of his nature and character whereas our triune god is love by nature the father has always loved the son the father has always loved the spirit that our triune God has always existed in one divine essence as one God, yet three distinct persons in loving, perfect fellowship. So what does that mean for our identity? Yes, thank you. So that triune God, the Father who's always loved the Son, who's always loved the Spirit, created you out of an abundance of that love. Our God does not need anything. Our God has never needed anything. And that's a good thing. That's a phenomenal thing. We would not want to worship a needy God. Our God transcends all things. He is incomparable to anything in all of creation. He has existed for all of time. He existed before he started time, before he hit that stopwatch and said, let's do this thing, (laughs) right? Like our God has existed forever in perfect fellowship, perfect unity, and perfect love. He's never needed anything. And yet, out of his goodness, out of his graciousness, out of his abundant love that he has shared within himself for all of eternity, God sovereignly chose to create you and me. Because of that then, our identity is love. Our identity is as a beloved creation of God. If you are a Christian, you are a beloved child of God. You are part of God's family and kingdom because the Father has always loved the Son and always loved the Spirit. And out of that abundant love, he's created you. So, your identity is not shaped by what you do or what your profession is or what you know sports team you root for or what political party you align with. Your identity is rooted in the fact that the triune God created you out of his abundant love. Therefore, your identity is beloved. And as Christians, when we realize that and the depth and the profoundness of that, that is the catalyst that leads to this transformation where we see our identity in Christ rather than worldly things. It's freeing, right? Yeah, it, yeah it's definitely. It's so freeing. I mean, that, that, that says that I don't have to worry about who's elected. I know where my identity is. It's secure. Correct. I'm a citizen of heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm beloved by the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and nothing could ever change that. Nothing will ever change that. And because of that... I am free to love and pray for whoever is elected. Yes, absolutely. So that's how this Trinitarian identity relates to politics. That was very, very well said. 
And, and that's our encouragement is, is this is the invitation that, that all of us have. This is the invitation that the triune God extends to all people is to find this life, to find this love, to find this acceptance in God. I mean, how much of our like posturing, how much of our arguing on social media, how much of our seeking an identity comes from the fact that we just want someone to see us, know us and love us. I think, I think that's the root of it all is that people just want to be heard and seen. Absolutely. And and because that's what we were created to be. Mm -hmm. We were created to be seen and known and loved. We were created for fellowship and unity and family and kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so that natural desire is on all of our hearts. That natural desire is in our souls because that's how God created us. And what's so dangerous and I'll even say damning is when human beings try to find that acceptance, try to find that love in things other than the triune God. I mean, you, I mean, you can just go read the arguments on Facebook and see how, how, how sad and how desolate it is. It's just, there's, yeah, it's hard. It's definitely, it's definitely hard. And maybe what if we started to view those people having arguments on Facebook as people who are desperately seeking love? Yeah. Right. I how, mean, that's the truth. It's, I think it's the truth. And how would that inform the way that we then approach those people much differently yeah i would hope so right Mm -hmm. i would hope so but i think that i think that's the truth that that human beings because god has wired us this way we are seeking affirmation we're seeking unity we're seeking a community we're seeking family and it's so easy for us to seek those things in dangerous places in ways that will hurt us like that's the when we say the word flourishing that's what we mean is that god has ordained all things to work a particular way for our good and when we go outside of that, when we seek love and acceptance and things other than God, it's going to hurt us. And so when, when we see rules in the Bible, they're not to squash our joy. God's not some cosmic killjoy. Rather, he's inviting us into joy. He's inviting us to live and ordain and align our lives with the way that he has ordained them to work best. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.